Hello everyone, this is your host, Rachel Lemley, and welcome to another episode of Insomniac, the podcast for true crime, history, ghost stories, and more. But before we get started, Insomniac has had a couple of cool things going on that I would like to share with all of you. First of all, Insomniac had its very first giveaway. And to be honest, I was blown away by the amount of participation. So thank you everybody for participating and making it such a great success. So if you miss the giveaway and you're feeling bummed out, don't worry. All you have to do is follow Insomniac on Instagram at Insomniac Photography and you'll see future giveaways and updates. So the winner of an Insomniac original canvas print and custom Insomniac stickers is Beck from New Mexico. Congratulations and thank you so much for being a weekly listener. Now, the second bit of exciting news is that Insomniac has received its first monthly supporters. I received the first one a couple of weeks ago and the second one just last week. So thank you so much to Cheryl and the Marvin family. With your monthly support, Insomniac can continue to visit cool places, update equipment, and have awesome giveaways. All right, everyone, let's get into episode five. For this episode, I traveled to Cimarron, New Mexico, which is located about 160 miles northeast of Santa Fe. Cimarron was officially established in 1861, with the word Cimarron translating to wild in Spanish, which is a fitting name for a town full of outlaws, mountain men, cowboys, and gold seekers. About a year after the Civil War ended in 1866, gold was discovered at the nearby Baldy Peak, and with Cimarron located right between Santa Fe and the mountains, it quickly became a boomtown, with miners flocking to the area, seeking their fortune. In its prime, Cimarron had 16 saloons, 4 hotels, and plenty of trading stores. The town quickly became known for its gunslinging and lawlessness, which drew a crowd of famous outlaws such as Jesse James, Billy the Kid, Buffalo Bill, Annie Oakley, and many more. When gold production slowed down in the early 1800s, so did Cimarron, and the population dwindled. In 1905, the St. Louis, Rocky Mountain, and Pacific Railroad built a spur line to Cimarron, and the town was brought back to life. In 1985, the St. James Hotel was restored along with many other historical buildings. Now today, Cimarron is home to about 930 residents, many old buildings, and tons of ghostly gunslingers. The most famous and most haunted building in Cimarron is the St. James Hotel which has been featured on Ghost Adventures and Unsolved Mysteries. The St. James Hotel was first built in 1877 by Henry Lambert, originally opening as the Lambert Inn. During Cimarron's Wild West days, the St. James Hotel was frequented by both famous lawmen and notorious outlaws, and was the scene of many brutal murders. The original owner, Henry Lambert, had such a fearsome reputation around town that there was a saying. It appears Lambert had himself another man for breakfast, and the question was frequently asked, who was killed at Lambert's last night? One man that is said to have been murdered by Lambert was named T.J. Wright, who had been involved in a high-stakes poker game with Lambert. It is said that T.J. Wright won the hotel from Lambert in this poker game, 
and when Wright left the poker room to head back to his room, Lambert shot him in the back. Wright crawled back to his hotel room, room 18, and slowly died. This is just one of the many violent murders that took place at the St. James Hotel. Outlaw Davy Crockett is said to have killed three Buffalo soldiers inside the hotel's barroom in 1876. Other famous outlaws include Jesse James, who always stayed in room 14, Annie Oakley, Clay Allison, and Buffalo Bill. In 1901, the roof of the hotel was replaced, and over 20 bullet holes were discovered, which can still be seen in the barroom ceiling as a permanent reminder of the gunslingers that violently put them there. As gold mining slowed down, so did business at the hotel, and between 1926 and 1985, the hotel was passed from owner to owner and fell in disrepair until it was finally purchased in 1985 and restored to its former glory. Today, you can still get a room at the St. James Hotel, have a bite to eat at the restaurant, and roam the halls. Just don't let the past sneak up on you. Shortly after purchasing the hotel to restore it in 1985, Edward and Patricia Seitzberger immediately began to have haunting experiences. One rainy night, Patricia was walking around the hotel, searching for roof leaks and placing buckets underneath them to prevent water damage. She finished up on the second floor, turned off the chandelier light, and headed downstairs. She finished up downstairs and walked out the front door. Before she continued to her car, she turned back to look at the hotel one last time, and to her surprise, the second floor light was on. She was kind of tired and thought maybe she made a mistake and proceeded to go back inside, back upstairs, and turned the light off again. She headed downstairs and out the front door. Just for good measure, she turned and looked again. And again, the light was on. This time she knew for sure that she had shut it off, but regardless, she went back in, back upstairs, and shut it off, headed down the stairs and out the front door. She thought for certain when she looked back this time, the light would be off, but as she turned to look, she immediately saw that the light was back on for a third time. This time she went back in, feeling very frustrated as she was tired from a long day and just wanted to go home. So this time before she shut the light off, she said out loud, Hey look, I'm really tired. Can we please just play around some other time? And with that, she shut off the light, headed downstairs, out the front door, and this time, when she turned to look back, the light was off. Another chilling story from the St. James Hotel comes from a former hotel employee named Charlie. In May of 1988, Charlie was working alone at 5 a.m. cleaning the bar. He began to walk to the back of the bar to get some more supplies, and as he did, he looked up and saw a little boy sitting on the bar. He was just sitting there quietly spinning a glass on the counter in perfect circles. Charlie thought that perhaps the boy had wandered down from upstairs, so Charlie began approaching the boy to tell him that he was not allowed to be there. And as Charlie got closer, the boy suddenly turned and looked at him, but his face was not that of a little boy. It was distorted in almost a demonic-like way, and it appeared to be glowing. 
The boy jumped off the bar towards Charlie, and terrified, Charlie ran out of the bar and promptly quit the next morning. Another former employee, housekeeper Jennifer, had a horrifying experience in the hotel bathroom. One night, while cleaning a bathroom stall alone, the shadow of a man wearing a cowboy hat appeared in the stall behind her. She turned to see if anybody was there, but there was no one, and when she turned to look back where the shadow had been, it was gone. Thinking that it was her eyes playing tricks on her, Jennifer shrugged it off and began to clean again. Just when she began to calm down, she looked up and the shadow was back. This time, Jennifer wasn't taking any chances, and she ran out of the bathroom terrified. Another former housekeeper, Leandra, was cleaning a room in the newer area of the hotel with her boss, when suddenly, the TV remote went flying off the dresser, across the room, and landed on the bed. Now there are terrifying ghost stories like this from all over the hotel, including the kitchen, as former kitchen employee named Angelo experienced firsthand. One night while working in the kitchen, Angelo felt a burning and stinging sensation in his back. Later, he discovered three long scratch marks down his back, with seemingly no explanation as to how they got there. While these stories are terrifying, they are nothing compared to what happened to one woman who decided to badmouth the ghost that resides in room 18. So stick around after the short sponsor break to hear the story. Thank you so much for sticking around. So, if you remember, the original owner of the property, Henry Lambert, lost the hotel in a poker game one night and shot the man who won, T.J. Wright, in the back and he crawled across the hall to his room, room 18, where he eventually died from the gunshot wound. But it's said that T.J. Wright never left, and if he hears you disrespect him, well, he just might get you back, Wild West style. In the 80s, a woman was staying at the St. James Hotel with a couple of friends, and as they were heading up to their room, one of the woman's friends jokingly said, Hey, don't let TJ mess with you tonight. The woman laughed and said, I don't believe in that son of a bitch. Suddenly, she felt hands under her arms, and before she knew it, she was in the air plummeting from the second floor of the hotel to the first floor. And witnesses say that when she came to, all she kept saying was, I'm sorry, TJ, I believe in you. I'm sorry, TJ, I believe in you. The woman was taken to the hospital, where she was treated for severe head injuries, but later made a full recovery. So throughout the time of the hotel being open, room 18, or TJ's room, has been a hot spot of activity, such as people getting pushed, scratched, and hit. The room was determined to be extremely dangerous and was padlocked shut and is still padlocked shut today. While the St. James Hotel is the most haunted spot in Cimarron, the entire town seems to be crawling with ghosts. Everywhere from the post office to the elementary school have reports of ghostly sights and sounds. One local business, Russell's Grocery Store, even claims to have caught a ghost on their security camera. 
The store is armed with motion-activated security cameras that only begin recording when motion is detected. One night, the camera facing the gas pumps began recording, and when the owners checked the footage the next day, they were shocked at what they saw. Near the gas pumps is a nearly invisible figure moving around. The owner claims that the image is of a ghost and that it is often heard and felt around the store by both employees and guests. So if you want to check out the video, I'll put the link on Insomniac's Facebook page. And if you don't already follow Insomniac on Facebook, just search Insomniac and click follow. So visit somewhere on today. Roam the same streets as Billy the Kid and Buffalo Bill. Go to the St. James Hotel and check into room 14 as Jesse James once did. But whatever you do, do not challenge the gunslingers of the past. They will always beat you to the draw. About 17 miles northeast of Cimarron, down a well-maintained dirt road, you will find Dawson Cemetery, which is the final resting place to nearly 400 miners who lost their lives in two of the worst mining disasters in history. The Dawson coal mine was first opened in 1901, and shortly after that, the town of Dawson was born. Dawson went on to have its own theater, hotel, hospital, and much like Cimarron, Dawson was known for being wild. As the mines flourished, so did the town, but the good fortunes of the coal mines didn't last, and it was about to claim its first round of victims. On October 22, 1913, at 3 p.m., a massive explosion shook the whole town of Dawson. Rescue crews worked for two days to free the 23 surviving miners. Two crew members perished from gas inhalation as they worked, and out of the 284 miners who entered the mine that morning, 261 died. It was the second worst coal mining disaster in U.S. history. And only a decade later, on February 8, 1923, history repeated itself when sparks from a derailed mining car lit some coal dust on fire, causing another explosion. This accident claimed the lives of 121 miners. Despite all of this death and tragedy, the mine and town remained active until 1950, when the mine shut down, the buildings were picked up and moved, and the area was abandoned. All that remains today is the cemetery where the nearly 400 miners are buried. Their graves are marked with white crosses that were provided by the mining company. When you visit the cemetery today, you are blown away by its solitude and beauty. Hundreds of white crosses stretch out across the overgrown landscape, and you almost feel the sense of tragedy and loss. Surrounded by so much tragedy and death, it is no surprise that the Dawson Cemetery is said to be the most haunted cemetery in all of New Mexico. Many visitors to the Dawson Cemetery claim to hear screaming, coughing, moaning, and even whispers of danger throughout the cemetery. At night, Lights can be seen floating through the cemetery, and these lights remarkably resemble miners' headlights. 
Sometimes misty apparitions can be seen floating down the hill and through the cemetery, as if they are wandering around lost. Could this be the spirits of the miners who tragically lost their lives, still searching for a way out? Many people who visit seem to think so, and if you've stopped by, keep an eye out for these ghostly prospectors. Well, that's all I've got for this week. If you would like to see pictures from this week's episode, and you haven't already, be sure to follow Insomniac on Facebook, username Insomniac, and follow Insomniac on Instagram, at Insomniac Photography, so you won't miss out on any photos, updates, or giveaways. Follow, like, share, and until next time, thank you for listening. (laughs) 